here today, and I want us to kind of uh, take a moment um, from our normal Acts study. We're going to get into it here this morning, but I wanted us to think about this idea of freedom. You guys like freedom, right? Yeah. There was a couple times yesterday driving back from San Antonio that uh, I had freedom driving down the interstate there, but then all of a sudden you would see a black and white car, and you lose that freedom, and you have to slow down, right? Offended. Offended, right? <laughs> I've even got a little app, Siri will tell me as I'm driving down the road, hey, there's a speed check up ahead. And I'm like, is that's not right. Like maybe we don't need to know everything that's ahead of us. But apart from, from rules we might experience on the road or rules we might experience even on a beach, maybe rules we experience in our own jobs, we have a freedom in Jesus today, amen? And I think about the, the patriots, and I know we have a good number of people in here who have served our nation who have put their life on the line, who have uh, had family members who have lost their lives. I, I've had several that uh, served. I had a great uncle who lost his life in World War II. And I'm always thankful for these people who who stood for freedom, right? Uh, it's, it's a good thing. I like living in a free nation. And I, and I think about the freedom. It's not just in our generation, but people lost their lives fighting for this ideal of liberty and freedom, even in the 1800s and into the 1700s when we fought the American Revolution, right? But there was this guy by the name of Abraham Lincoln. I'm not really sure if you've ever heard of him before. But he wrote this speech called the Gettysburg Address. And I, I like the ring, I like the tone of the Gettysburg Address. And for people that like short sermons, you like the Gettysburg Address because it's short, right? It's to the point that there was a, a, a leader of a, a dean of a university, of actually Harvard University, uh, when, when they were uh, uh, taking Gettysburg and they were going to make this a field that was, that was set apart after the big battle there. Um, this, this dean of Harvard University gets up and he gives a two-hour address. He must have been a Baptist. He gets up there and he gives a two-hour address, right? I'm sure people are loud and noisy and all of this. But Abe Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln, gets up on stage and he gives a two-minute address about this idea of freedom and how important that it is how important it is that we don't forget. I want you guys just to listen. Can I, can I have you for at least two minutes today? This is just a speech. I hope you'll stay with me and get into the word, which is really important, right? But Abraham Lincoln says this. He says, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now, we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that the nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. 
It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they here gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that governments of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from this earth. I love the patriotism there, don't you? I love the thought that, that the core central focus of this speech is this idea of freedom. We all like freedom. And I think freedom in our nation is something we enjoy, that we're able to do great things because honestly, we do live in the greatest nation in the entire world. I don't care what CNN or Fox News is telling you right now. America is the greatest nation on earth. I've been to third world countries. You don't want to necessarily call that place home. We have such great freedom and such great uh, abilities here because of people who went before us and fought for this ideal of freedom. And is it falling apart at the seams? Yeah, it is. And I believe it's falling apart at the seams because people have forgotten what it means to be united in Christ. I'm not here to preach a nationalistic sermon, so to speak. That's big time in our, in our society today where people are almost equating Christianity and being an American as the same thing. It's not. America was great apart from the church. Remember, separation of church and state, it's there for a reason, amen? But, but the, the, the nation existed and the church existed and the nation was great because the church was great. That's why. It wasn't because we forced religion upon people. It's because the people that lived here loved Jesus and we lived Christian lives and the nation prospered because of that. But somewhere along the way, the church has taken a step back and said, well, we don't want to offend anyone. They've taken a step back and kind of kept their faith to themselves. They've maybe bought into the lie that, well, if you're an American, you're a Christian, so we don't need to evangelize America. America needs evangelized today. America needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if I was to say, what can you and I do to be better Americans, to be better citizens of this nation? Here's what I want you to say. Here's what I want you to hear. I want you to hear this fact that we need to be better followers of Jesus. No doubt there's a lot of people saying, well, America's on the downhill slide. There's, there's just no hope for us now. You know, I know the end times that we may think that that's true. We think, well, the end times say everything's going to go to, you know, go to pot. It literally has gone to pot in Oklahoma, but it's, everything's going to go to pot in the last days, right? It's going to pot. It's, it's going away. It's, it's falling apart. And, and I, and I get that, that the world's getting better, but here in McLeod, it doesn't have to get bad. We can lift Jesus up and this can be a great place where Christ is lifted up in the community. Oklahoma can be that. And really, honestly, I believe that there can be a great revival in America. America doesn't have to be a burning trash can when Jesus comes back. The rest of the world can, can go that direction, but we don't have to. Honestly, we can be that light in the world that points people to Jesus, that reminds them that Jesus is coming back. And so church, if I could say something to you today, we need to devote ourselves to the following of Jesus. 
you're a Christian, act like it. I like that on, on the mission field. A lot of the, the Christians, they don't call themselves Christians. They call themselves Christ followers. It's a big terminology that you see when you go to the mission field, different places around the world. They call themselves Christ followers. And I think it really gets to the, the point of the matter here is that we need to be following Christ, not just in word, but actually following Christ. If you think that won't affect your society, you're wrong. It, it's something that I, I believe that, you know, we can get to a point in America, and I, I'm not talking about laws. Here, here's the thing. We've just, you know, overturned Roe v. Wade, right? Supreme Court did that. Praise God. Like for me, that's, that's the most wonderful thing that can happen. I fought for years in Oklahoma, going to the state capitol, talking to legislators about this very issue. But it really kind of makes me sad because there's another side to the issue too, right? There are people that are very adamant that they want this overturned back, right? They, they want Roe v. Wade to be back into works. I, I would rather, for me as a Christian, I would rather see these people just not kill babies, that there's not a need for a law, that there's not a need for a, a need for us to have like some kind of legislation or some t- something that's out there that just says, don't kill babies. I would rather people just know Jesus and do the right thing, and then we just go about our business and we have healthy, healthy happy babies. That's, that's, that's the goal of the church. Can we get involved? Can we be good voters in America? Yep, you should vote. Should you be a good citizen? Yep. You should be everything that Christ would want us to be. And we do it all for the glory of God. And you and I are better when we're together. Everybody say amen. We're better when we're together. There's a lot of people think, well, I can, you know, I can go to the church and, and I can just not really associate with anybody and just go home. Or I can just stay home and I can watch Charles Stanley, right? I don't have to associate with anybody. Honestly, we need each other. We need the church. The church is something that Jesus valued so much that he even told his disciples, hey, hey, Peter, what the faith that you're living right here, that's, that's awesome. And I, I'm not going to call you Simon anymore. I'm going to call you Peter, the rock, because on this type of faith that follows me closely, the gates of hell cannot even prevail against that. I don't worry about what may happen in this world as far as Christianity goes, because we are not built on a constitution even. We are built upon the rock, Jesus Christ. The constitution can be changed. It can be ratified, right? It has happened. But here we know as a matter of fact that Jesus Christ himself is that rock that we must build our lives upon. And if we truly want to endure and enjoy to the end, we must be upon the rock of Jesus because that's where our faith really should be planted. And that's where our joy will be found. And here's the thing. That's where we're going to find freedom. America could turn real quick and be against Christianity. You guys understand, I'm sure, that there's other places in the world where they've lost the ability to pray. They've lost the ability to read the word. They've lost the ability to preach certain things. The state governs what their preachers say. We have that great ability to to preach and to love and to sing and to pray and to do all this kind of stuff, but it could be lost to us. And so we can't put too much effort. We can't put too much thought even into the things of this world. First and foremost, you and I need to be better followers of Jesus. That's more patriotic than anything you can do right now. Is following Jesus. Look in in Acts chapter two. I love this passage of scripture because we see this, 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 effect of the Holy Spirit in these people's lives. 
These people were followers of Jesus. They're kind of hiding out at first. Jesus reveals himself. He says, hang on, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit couldn't wait to get there. So the Holy Spirit rushes on the scene, right? Like a rushing mighty wind. He fills these people. They go out and immediately become evangelists and tell people of the good news of Jesus Christ. And then they stay together and they do this work of the gospel consistently. And if I could say there's one word here in Acts chapter 2 that really sticks out above everything else is the fact that they devoted themselves. And in that devotion, they found freedom. Look at verse 42. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and all had things, uh, and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I love this account because we're not just seeing a bunch of people who are just getting together and having a Wednesday night Bible study. (laughs) They're not just having a business meeting. They're not just coming together and having Sunday morning service. There are things happening. You guys notice that, right? They're coming together, and it's not like we're just filling pews, but I mean, God is moving not just in the pastor, not just in the deacons, not just in the worship team, not just in the Sunday school teachers, but God is moving among all the believers. And why is that? It is because they are all devoted to the call of the gospel. Every single one of them were devoted. And I said earlier that freedom in America is great, but freedom in Christ is better. And in that freedom, what we must understand is that we have to be devoted to the cause of Christ. That it's not just you and I coming together and just saying, oh yeah, we're Christians, we're Americans. You know, Jesse, when we get sent overseas later this year, I hope that God's power fills us so much that whenever we walk into a Muslim community that people are just like, I want to know Jesus. Like, I want to see that happen, right? I want to see Jesus work in me in that way. I want to see God bring people into this sanctuary. They hear the gospel and they can't help but give their life to Jesus because the Holy Spirit's there. I want to see a devotion in our hearts to the gospel where it's not about music styles. It's not about how hot or how cold it is in here. It's not about how many ministries, how many programs that we have in the church. But when we come together, you and I are focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why is that? Are you just talking preacher talk, Daniel? No, here's what I'm saying. What was true in Acts is true today. And what the American church in particular, because I'm in in the American church and I see all the problems we have, the, the lack of devotion is what we have a problem with. Where people are too busy doing everything else in the world but serving Jesus. And I'm not even talking missing Sunday mornings for this, that, or the other. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking people, they don't serve Jesus the rest of the year when they're not on vacation. They don't serve Jesus the rest of the year when it's not sports season, right? They're they're not devoted to Jesus at all. Jesus is devoted to them, but they're just kind of like, well, you know, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can, but I'm not going to do too much. But the early believers found freedom through three things that we see here. I I could go on, and I may come back to this chapter, so y'all can read this chapter again this week. I'm probably going to come back to it. We're going to talk a little bit more about fellowship next week, right? But 
It says here that they devoted themselves to teaching. And these early believers found freedom through devotion to sound teaching. Now, I know I'm an amazing preacher, and you guys come every week just to hear me preach, right? You're like, that, that guy's voice, I mean, you know, he's just, it's just, it's top notch, top tier. I'm joking, of course. But what we see as a characteristic of the early church is that they were devoted to coming together to hear the word of God, to hear the apostles' teachings. And church, I know we're good about Sunday mornings. We're pretty good about other times of the week. But I believe what the church of God in America needs now more than ever is for us to come together and devote ourselves to actually studying the word of God, whether it be here or at our homes. We have to devote to that. We have to be those people. D.L. Moody says, I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. (laughs) I like that. We can't be a useful Christian without the word of God. Everybody say amen. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So how can we ever expect to continue to grow in our faith if we at some point just kind of lay the Bible down and we just kind of drink milk instead of getting into the meat? We need to be students of the Bible. That's what, that's what it means uh, to be devoted to the word. And these people found freedom in that. You know, what I read here, I don't see a bunch of people who come together and they're worried about business meeting. They're not worried about bills. They're not worried about what somebody else thinks. It says they just come together and they glory in God. And they devote themselves to the word of God. A.W. Tozer, he says this. He says that the word of God, well understood and religiously obeyed, is the shortest route to spiritual perfection. How many of us want to be better in Christ? Get into the word of God. We need to be people who get into this and not just read it, but to dive into it. Spurgeon talks about, he would would rather people read just a couple verses and focus on it all day long than for them to read huge passages of scripture and not really know what they read. You guys ever read something you didn't know what you read? We do that. Our our minds kind of shut off sometimes. It's like sometimes when you're driving down the road, maybe it's a route that you drive all the time and you're kind of like, I don't really remember driving past that exit. I don't remember leaving the house. You know, I don't remember what was going on. We, we do that, I believe, with scripture too, is we, we've read these scriptures. We've, we've, we've kind of went over these roads before, right? But when you stop and you actually study it, when you devote yourself to it, we can read this, even this passage of scripture we read today. We were like, oh, that's pretty cool. They come together and the church grew. No. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. Think about that. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. We need the whole Bible in our lives. And absolutely, I believe that every, every, every word, every chapter, every book in here is relevant to you and I today. Back in my... Younger years, there, were, there was a movement that said, well, you know, some of this stuff's not really as relevant as it was, yeah, 2,000 years ago. We, we even have people within the SBC trying to, you know, talk about the offices of the church, and they're trying to re- reconfigure that. We have people that are talking about sexuality, and they're trying to reconfigure that to meet their desires for today. The, the thing I've found is that the Word of God a lot of times does offend me. <laughs> it's a stumbling block. You read the Bible, and you're like, oh, that hurts. So you change, right? 
Holy Spirit leads you to, to change that sin. And as the church of God, we need to devote ourselves more and more to this study. The, the early believers also, they found this freedom that, we, that Scripture really speaks about. It's not this patriotic freedom. I mean, it's freedom that lasts forever, amen? But that early believers, they found freedom not just through sounds, teaching, but they found it through a devotion to prayer. How many of us pray? Everybody raises their hand, right? We all pray. Lord, bless his food, and I'm about to partake it. Jesus, I pray that you would remove all carbs and sugars, all cholesterol. Lord, we ban it in your name. Amen. <laughs> we do that. We, we, we pray. But I'm talking as believers, do we devote ourselves to prayer? You know, not just a short prayer. But I'm talking a, a concentrated prayer where we come together and we're like, you know what? We're going to pray about this specific thing. I already told y'all, last two Wednesday nights ago, we come together, and that was like one of the most powerful prayer services I've been a part of because we were actually devoted to prayer. We were, and I, I get it. You know, you can read a list, and everybody who's sick, and somebody had toenail surgery, and you know, you're praying for all this kind of stuff. You know, and I'm not, I'm not making a lot of that. We need to pray for people when they're sick, but we also need to come together and devote ourselves to prayer in all areas. We need to be praying for this church. You need to be praying for those people who come every Sunday that don't know Jesus. There are people who have gone to church uh, across America. Maybe they've been in church their entire life, but they may not even know Jesus. If coming to church and being pleased with the service is all that you care about, I'm not sure that you're saved. If you come to church and you fill a pew and that's all you do, I'm not sure that you're saved. Because the salvation that I've experienced and that I believe most of us here and here have experienced today, that salvation draws us to go out and to do something about it. We can't help but be lights in the community because the light Jesus Christ is within us. And we, we neglect that so much of the time. We neglect it. We just, we just want to get by. We just want to get through this service so we can leave here and go shoot some fireworks and eat some ice cream or something, right? Tomorrow's my big feast day. I'm going to eat and eat ice cream. I'm just going to have a good time with the family. Try not to blow my hands off. Because I'm, I'm a fireworks guy. I like to get out there. I, anybody else like to shoot those big mortars off? That's like my favorite thing in the world. I should probably worry more about hitting my face because I'm like, you know, sticking that in there and pretending I'm G.I. Joe or something. But we must devote ourselves to prayer. I love Ian Bounds. He's known as, as kind of the, the preacher of prayer. And Ian Bounds says, prayer makes a godly man and puts within him the mind of Christ. The mind of humility, of self-surrender, of service, of pity, and of prayer. If we really pray, everybody say really pray. If we really pray, we will be more like God or else we will quit praying. We can't even keep praying unless we keep praying. Like prayer has an effect on us is really what Ian Bounds is saying there. You know, if we quit praying, we're going to quit praying. I know that sounds silly, but think about it for a moment. Where is our strength from? Is it from ourselves? Is it from our oratory skills? I was reading this past week, I was just reading through like famous speeches, you know, and like, like John F. Kennedy's beautiful speeches, right? They, they wrote some beautiful speeches that the way that he presented them were just perfect. How, how about, uh, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., beautiful speeches. Like I love his, his oratory skills. And we can have all those oratory skills, but if we're not praying to the God of the universe, I'm not saying these men didn't, but I'm saying you and I, if we're not praying, with our hearts, if we're not studying as students, we're not very devoted. 
We're not very devoted. I guess the third point kind of leads us to, well, why don't we pray? Why don't we read the Bible? Well, these first, these first believers, they devoted themselves to seeking God's favor. They devoted themselves to seeking God's favor. Think about this for a moment. Do you see any mention of them taking care of themselves in this? You know, there's no, there's no, you know, 401k, like, okay, so we joined the church. So what's our, you know, do we get insurance? Do we get 401k? Do we get, you know, our mortgage taken care of? Do we, what happens? There's no mention of that. All you see is a bunch of people who are devoted to seeing God lifted up. I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise with our money and all this. That's not my point. My point is, is that their main goal, everything else follows them getting right with Jesus. Everything else follows them being devoted to the Lord. In Psalm 90, the psalmist, he writes, Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The psalmist understood that we needed God to bless what we even do. God, let your favor fall upon me. In other words, I want your favor, God, in everything that I do. And beyond that, whatever you give me to do, I want it to bring you glory. I want to bring you favor. I mean, look through that passage of scripture. You can see it where it says, yep, they're, they're devoting themselves to prayer, devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings, and all came upon every soul. Think about this for a moment. When was the last time you came to church and you're just like, man, wow, how awesome. I gotta be honest with you, the last time I really felt that, well, the baptism service, that was awesome for me. But when I was at Falls Creek, and I'm at the front, and I'm, I'm waiting on these kids to come down so I can, we can pray with them. They're making big decisions, the most important decisions of their life. I, I have those all moments when I see that the Holy Spirit is drawing people. Are some of the kids coming down because everybody else is coming down? Yeah, sure. There's a lot of them kids that the Holy Spirit spoke to, and they're coming down there, and their lives will be forever changed. That's an awe moment. That, that church shouldn't be about just status quo, just filling pews, just making sure we keep the lights on. That's not what church is about. We can be very businesslike in our approach, and that's great, but we must also be spiritual in our approach to ministry. We must be devoted to Jesus. And these people, it says they come in awe, and every soul, and many wonders and signs are being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together, and all had things in common. Did they all follow the same sports teams? No. I don't even know if they had sports teams. I guess they had gladiators. You know, who's your favorite gladiator? Hope you don't die this week, you know, because I've, I've been following, you know, uh, that gladiator for my whole life or whatever. They, they, they were different ages. We, we know that this was a, a, very, a very sporadic type group. It was from people from different backgrounds. They weren't even all, the same nations. They might not even been the same race. And yet they had all things in common. Church, if we're going to come to Christ, if we're going to have a church, we should do church right. Don't you agree? And I'm not picking on us, but I'm saying, I believe the call for you and I today is that we seek to bring glory to God. That we're coming together on this 4th of July with freedom in our veins. I'm proud to be an American, aren't you? But we're coming together in this place with all this freedom. We have no reason not to bring great glory to God here in McLeod. 
And it goes beyond passing out water and candy at a parade, you know, here in a couple weeks. Next next week. <laughs> it's coming up, isn't it? It's more than just doing a vacation Bible school and seeing kids have fun and get Kool-Aid or whatever we give them. You know, it's, it's more than that. I mean, we're bringing glory to God, but we have to be devoted to God. A lot of talk about revival in our church right now. Guys, we have to get devoted to God. When we come together as God's people and pray, he'll be there and he'll do great things. And I don't know about you, but I want to see all inspiring things happen. And it says they came together. They had all things in common. What was the one thing they had in common that tied everything else together? It was Jesus. They had all things in common because they were all devoted to Jesus. Joni and I, this past week, I missed the opportunity. I'm probably going to look this guy up, but we were in. Corpus Christi, North Padre Island, staying on the beach. I love beach life, don't you? I, I just do. I came up to the church late last night, and I got up here, and I'm unlocking the door, and I looked down, and I literally had no shoes on. I'm like, okay, you're still in beach, beach mode, Daniel. I just walked out of the house, no shoes. Doo, doo, doo. I saw a cop drive by, and he's like, that guy looks homeless. I should probably check him out. He's breaking in the church. I kind of stuck the key out there like, yep, pastor, I'm... I'm I'm allowed to go in here. But we're in, we're in this hotel there, and every morning we get up, we go eat breakfast, and there was, there, was, uh, there was a Hispanic family there. And something about the guy, the dad, something was just like, there's a commonality there, you know? And the last day when we leave, I, I, just, I really felt compelled like to talk to this guy. But the last day we're leaving out, and they all pile in a van, and it was a, a Hispanic church here in Oklahoma City. And I'm like, why did I miss that opportunity? I'm going to look the church up later. I'm probably going to go bug him. But there was a commonality between us that I, that I could sense. There was something different, right? Like, were we at the beach having a fun time? Yeah, we were doing all that too. But there was, there was a love of Jesus. I could see the, the love of Christ on this man and on his family. And when you, when you look at the commonality of the church, the commonality of the church in the early century, and even should be today, that commonality is that Jesus is king. And we must be a people who devote ourselves to the word, to the prayer, and seeking God's favor. Why do we do this? I, I don't get up to preach. I've learned a long time ago. I don't want to get up to preach so that people will pat me on the back. You know? Because I'll be honest with you. Don't get, don't get mad. But a lot of times when you preach a sermon, no one says anything about the sermon. They're going to tell you what you forgot. <laughs> They're going to tell you, well, you know, Adrian Rogers said this. <laughs> We like what you said, but, you know, this preacher said it better. You know, that's like the responses you get as a preacher, just so you know. I'm not complaining, but here's what I'm saying. Whatever we do in Christ, because here's the thing, if you step out and you do ministry for God, you're going to get the same thing. I know it happens in kids' ministry, Miss Sandra. I know it does. You know, you don't get, people aren't coming up saying, man, you're awesome, Sandra. They're probably like, why are our kids late tonight? You know? <laughs> Why did you give my kid pizza? They, they're, they're, they're lactose intolerant. Why'd you give them Kool-Aid? They'll never go to sleep tonight. I mean, that's the kind of responses we get from people who aren't devoted to Jesus. So when we're in ministry, we have to get a mindset. It's not about myself. It's about Jesus being lifted up. It's, it's not about what people think of me. It's about what people think of Christ. It says that they come together and day by day, they went to church, they went to temple together, they broke bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. It was, it was a commonality. They just all lived that same life. It says they went to temple, you know, I mean, they were still, it speaks that they were Jewish people, right? So they're still going to temple. 
But then they would come home and they would celebrate Jesus too. They had their, they had their cultural stuff, but they also had Jesus mixed in there too, right? So when I talk about like us being Americans, you can be a good American, but you'd be a better American if you follow Jesus. That's, I know the world's going to say, well, that's backwards. You do what you want to do, right? People say, well, that's, you know, quit forcing your religion on me. I'm not forcing my religion on anybody. But I guarantee you what I do, who I follow, is better than anything you can follow. And that may sound bigoted, but it's the truth. John 14 says, Jesus is the way, truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You know, there's some really great religions out there, cool religions. You can go to Salt Lake City, big cathedrals, right? Here in a couple of years, the Southern Baptist Convention is going to have their meeting in Salt Lake City. I was like, man, that's going to be interesting. I'm going to be there, you know. I guess it's really no more weird than going to uh, New Orleans, <laughs> the pagan capital, right? So we're, we're kind of going to these two different capitals, which I love New Orleans, by the way. But it's more than, it's more than these things, these great religions of the world. I, I spent time on the Navajo Reservation and learning Navajo religion was very interesting to me, you know, like, like the creation stories and like, you know, all these tales and stuff. All this stuff's beautiful, but there's only one way to get to God. It's not works. It's not being a Baptist even. Do you believe that? It's about following Jesus, about being devoted to Christ. And it says they came together. They had generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. They had a good reputation within the community because they were good people following Jesus. And even though people didn't agree with them, they're like, ah, you know, they're not thieves, they're not liars, or nothing like that. And the Lord added to their numbers daily. I, I, I am seeing something happening within our church because it seems like we've been adding a lot of people lately. Guys, it's not me. You know, I'm not out here forcing people. We're not making up numbers or anything like that. I mean, it's like God just adds people. But also, it is a little bit about us working. Don't you agree? That there's people out here that need to hear, and we need to go invite. That, that when we come together um, next week for the, the Blackberry Festival, honestly, everybody in church ought to say, you know what, we're going to be there. And I know we do stuff, we're like, well, there's certain people, you know. Dan- Daniel's heading that up, right? Or you know, Jim, Jim's building the float, so we'll just let him handle it. Hopefully somebody shows up to help him. That's the wrong attitude the church needs to have. If we're devoted to Christ, if there's 60, 70, 80 people that normally sit here on a, on a Sunday morning, we all ought to be there. Can, can you imagine the impact on McLeod if we all showed up saying, hey, we're going to tell people about Jesus today. We're going to show them the love of Jesus. We're going to invite them to church. We're going to support our town and be good citizens. If every member of the church was focused like that, it's going to be way different. I mean, honestly, people in the community, they expect to see me. They expect to see certain people within the church, but there's some of y'all that the community needs to see you there. And that's just one example. Vacation Bible School, we need help in that area. Man, I was so pumped at our meeting last Sunday. It was like, there were 25 people sitting here. And I was like, that's a good number. Like, that's a good start, right? If you haven't signed up yet, please sign up. We We have a nursery ministry here. And God bless our nursery workers, right? Well, there's people here in this room that you could take a Sunday every eight weeks, you know? We're, we're getting down on numbers. It's always kind of in flux. We're always rechanging the schedule and all of this. But, but we need more people to help in those areas. And I know you're like, well, Daniel, I want to come to church. I'm not a kid person. I'm this, I'm that. You know what? That's fine. But if we're all devoted to the same thing, I think we're all devoted in all areas. 
I told Jim, hey, man, I'll, I'll go back there. You can come preach. And he said, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. You keep preaching, and we'll, we'll worry about that back there. But being devoted in all areas of the church, helping with our elderly. You know, we have a, we have a nursing home right up the street, don't we? Don't you think there's a huge ministry opportunity there? I know we've done it in the past, but even with COVID and everything, we can figure out something to reach those people who are there. To get involved, Austin's not here today, but to be involved in the youth ministry. We, we've had you know, several of you guys that have stepped up. And you've been there. Actually, on Wednesday nights, the numbers have been up really high. It'd be great just to have people on the ground there. We're not even asking you to work. We're just asking you to hang out. Probably get some free pizza. Maybe a popsicle. I don't know. There'll be something there for you. Amen, right? Be there for that kind of stuff. Devote yourself to the work of God. And why do I say that? I'm not saying that just for, for my well-being, but if we're devoted to prayer, if we're devoted to the word, and we're devoted to seeking favor of God, then I believe we're going to devote ourselves in every area that we can. To get out of the rut that maybe we've been in for a long time. That rut where we're like, you know what? I'm just going to get by. I'm going to pay my tithe. I'm going to, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to sit in a pew, you know, I'm just going to sit here, then I'm going to leave. No, rather, take the gospel with you wherever you go. Take it wherever you go. Last thing I would say this morning, we read it a couple weeks ago, but if you're in your Bibles, mark this, Galatians chapter 5. That's a great chapter. The, the, the apostles, this first century church that we see is forming here and they're doing the work of the gospel and they're adding to their numbers daily, not just on Sundays, but they're adding daily, right? They lived like this, Galatians 5 verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How many of y'all are tired on Sunday mornings? <laughs> walk by the Spirit. <laughs> How many of you say, you know what? I'm not really a kid person. I can't help with vacation Bible school. Walk by the Spirit. We're not calling people to be full-time children's ministers. We're not calling people to be full-time, you know, whatevers. We're just saying, hey, let's all be devoted. Let's all come together on this. I've never, I've never really heard anybody say, well, I'm not really a parade person. That's their excuse for not coming, you know, to the Blackberry Festival parade. But we're not supposed to walk by our own desires anyways. We're supposed to walk by what Jesus has put in front of us, by the Spirit. Everybody hear that? For the desires of the flesh are what? Against the spirits. If we walk by the flesh, the church is never going to make sense to us. We're always going to be tired. We're always got other things going on. If that's the way it is, it's because we're walking by the flesh. But when we see going on, stuff going on within the church, and we're like, man, I want to be a part of that. That's the spirit speaking to us. So we have to learn to throw that flesh to the side and walk by the spirits. To walk by all that. He goes on, he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. I think we all can agree to this. Sexual immorality, does that look like our society? Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Saw that in I-35 yesterday. Wasn't me. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. He says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. People who are defined by those things, that's not Christianity. If this is what we're defined as, then we're missing it. I know we live in America and we say, well, we need to have room for everybody in America. I know that's true. But those people who practice these types of lifestyles understand they're not going to heaven. Daniel, don't say that. I say that with love. And I say that with 
with urgency because we need to be adamant. We need to be devoted so that these people can know Jesus. Because at one time, guess what? We were all filled with these things as well. We had sin in our lives. We had all of this. And he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not enter the kingdom of God. But, you want some good news? But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such things, there is no law. What are we defined as? We're defined as that because, not because we're holier than thou. We're defined by that because that's the work of the Spirit through us. Spiritually speaking, that if we allow the Holy Spirit of God to work through us, we're going to be a person who's full of love, joy, peace, all the nesses, right? Kindness, joy, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, happiness, laughiness, baptistness, casserole dishness, right? We're going to have all these like nesses in our lives because of the work of the Holy Spirit within us. If you want that in your life, church, understand it's by walking with the Spirit and it's by being devoted to the cause of Christ. We can get devoted to politics or to sports or to anything like that, but we need to be devoted to Christ. Are you devoted to Christ? We're devoted to a lot of things in this world. I love OU football. Don't hold it against me. I know there's a lot of cowboys in here. We're, we're a divided church, brother. The, the new folks, we're a divided church because we're kind of right in between the two big cities. But I love OU football. I grew up in Moore, so it was like really easy for me to go watch OU football, right? Because it's back when they were terrible and you could get $5 tickets and go to an OU game. It's awesome. They had some good years. I like OU, OSU football too, by the way. I just like football. I'm a sports guy. But I, but I, there, there, there's something that happens to like a Sooner when they drive through Austin, Texas. I don't know if this happens to you or not. But there's this huge, <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's this, uh, there's this huge stadium right off I-35 there, and you just kind of drive by, and your hand just goes, oh, you know. <laughs> I'm sure others have done that. I don't think we're the only people that have done that. <laughs> He's done it, all right. I know he has. I'm sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> A devoted fan does devoted fan things, right? You could kind of expect that, you know. Texas fans, I don't know, they fall down, they trip. I don't know, they, they don't do much, I guess. <laughs> but a fan of Christ, a follower of Christ, there should be actions that follow. There should be joy and peace. All these things flowing from you. And it's not because you're good enough, but guys, catch this out. It's because... You're devoted to Christ. And if we continue to come together and devote our efforts to Jesus, this church will be a, it is a great place. Don't get me wrong. But don't you think we could grow in other ways and we could be better? I think that's, we could all agree to that. You know, I don't think God just wants us to be stagnant and just to kind of be, oh, I mean, it's fun. Like I, I tell people this all the time. I love, I love the people that are in our church. And that's, I, I could comfortably sit with you guys and eat and study the word of God forever. In fact, we're going to do that, aren't we? But there's other people who are not in the same boat as you and I. So we have to be adamant. We have to be, we have to be people who are devoted to the cause of Christ. And in that, we have freedom. I, I have freedom in Jesus. If you're a believer today, you have freedom in Jesus. 
There's a lot of people out here running around. They think, well, I've got the freedom to, to have guns. I've got the freedom to shoot fireworks. I've got the freedom to do this, that, and the other in my nation. They think that's what true freedom is. Nope, true freedom is knowing Jesus. True freedom is knowing Christ. And if we want to see Christ lifted up, we, we can't just say from a nationalistic point, well, we need, a, we need America back to the way it used to be. That's not how this works. What we need is the church back to the way she used to be, like in Acts 2. That's what we need. I'm not even talking the good old days of the 60s and 50s and 40s. What we need is the church to be like the church in Acts where they devoted themselves to bringing glory to God. Man, I love my nation, don't you? I miss, I miss the, the days when I was a kid and you, know, you kind of have these, you know, these cartoons and stuff that just remind you of your nation. And uh, even the old cartoons, like back in the, you know, the, the Bugs Bunny cartoons, how, like how American were these cartoons, you know, where like the bad guy was always like a Hitler type guy, you know, or something like that. I mean, we had these, these very patriotic, these very, you know, kind of time sensitive uh, cartoons that were put out. I love all that kind of stuff, but you know what? America is a better America when we follow Jesus. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to join with you guys. I'm ready to have the same mind. I know we've had it all along, but I'm ready to get even closer to Jesus. I'm, I'm ready for all of us to truly walk by the Spirit of God and to be defined as people of love, lovingness and kindness and joy and not defined like the rest of the world is defined. May we stand out as a church of God and not for our glory, but for His glory. Amen.